RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive says about 18,000 Hong Kong people living in the mainland have registered to vote in the upcoming LegCo elections and endorses comments from the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office that the SAR wasted time seeking Western-style democracy. The vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong says Beijing is turning the spotlight on what he called the hypocrisy of the US and Western democracy. And the security secretary condemns plans by a former lawmaker who's in exile to address a virtual summit hosted by President Biden. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the number of people who will cast their ballots at polling stations set up near the mainland border is unlikely to reach the maximum 110,000 voters that can be accommodated. She said about 18,000 Hong Kong people living in the mainland have registered to vote in the upcoming Legislative Council elections. Jimmy Choi reports. Kerry Lam said by Monday evening, a total of 18,215 people living across the border had signed up to cast their votes on polling day, around 16.6% of the station's maximum capacity. The government announced last Monday that the Hung Yun-wai, Lo Wu and Lok Ma Chow spur line control points will be used as polling stations on December the 19th to accommodate Hong Kong voters living across the border. Registered voters in geographical and functional constituencies who sign up for this one-off arrangement will be allowed to cast their ballots at the stations without undergoing quarantine, but they must immediately return to the mainland afterwards. Mrs Lam added that the manpower arrangement for the polling stations at the control points will be able to accommodate those who have registered to vote there. Kerry Lam also endorsed comments by the director of Beijing's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Xiaobao Long, that the SAR had wasted time seeking Western-style democracy and that this pursuit had brought it more harm than good. Mr Shah said yesterday that Hong Kong people had never truly enjoyed democracy, but the new electoral system allows the territory to achieve a democracy that fits its actual situation, is the chief executive. It is very timely for uh, Mr. Shah to relate what he said previously. For example, we are only looking for people who are patriotic. We will not screen out people with a different political background. We will respect diversity and the um, improved electoral system will return more legislative council members from a broad range of background. So now that we have the people right in front of us, we could sort of proof that what he said previously were accurate because this is for all to see. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, Lao Siu Kai, says the central government's call for Hong Kong people to vote in the coming LegCo elections is part of China's rebuff of what he called the hypocrisy of the US and Western democracy. Maggie Ho reports. Lao Siu Kai was commenting on a speech made by Xia Baolong, the director of Beijing's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, who said Hong Kong had wasted time in seeking Western-style democracy, but was left only with chaos and divisions. And a new electoral system allows the SAR to achieve good governance and a democracy that fits the city's actual situation. Mr. Lao said he believes the timing of Mr. Xia's speech has to do with a U.S. summit on democracy. So, 
China is striking back by criticizing the hypocrisy of U.S. and Western-style democracy and all sorts of its shortcomings. At the same time, it underlines the achievements and confidence China required after several decades of implementation of its democracy. All in all, the most important objective was to voice China's criticism against U.S. and Western democracy and emphasize the merits of China's and Hong Kong's democracy. That's what I think is the main message. The think tank chief said he believes Beijing has a realistic expectation on a voter turnout, and Xia Baolong was calling on government supporters to vote. Thailand's human rights watchdog has called on the government to release 36,000 people arrested on Monday during a protest against the construction of a big industrial zone on the southern coast. Almost a year ago, the Thai cabinet delayed plans to create the industrial hub, but activists are worried the authorities will push ahead with the project. A quick look at the weather. It'll be mainly fine with a minimum temperature tomorrow of about 18 degrees in urban areas, slightly lower in the New Territories, dry during the day with a maximum of about 22 degrees. And the outlook, it'll be mainly fine and dry in the next few days. Temperatures will rise slightly over the weekend. Currently it's 20 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 74%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The security secretary says he's extremely furious that former Nort lawmaker Nathan Law will speak at a two-day democracy virtual summit hosted by U.S. President Joe Biden. Damon Pang has more. In an article posted on the Security Bureau's website, Chris Tang accused Mr. Law of attending an anti-China summit disguised as something democratic to spread lies. The activist went into self-imposed exile last year. Mr. Tang called Mr. Law's behaviour despicable and accused him of betraying Hong Kong. Mr. Tang said he had jumped bail and fled the city after being charged with joining an unauthorised assembly. The security chief also said Mr. Law had made speeches in the past inciting hatred for the central and SL governments and is also suspected of breaking the national security law. The exiled activist earlier announced on social media that he would give a speech at the democracy summit on Friday. The chief executive says some business people will get priority when quarantine-free travel with the mainland begins. She indicated that they're likely to be those who'd been previously exempted, as Wendy Wong reports. As Hong Kong moves towards its border reopening with the mainland, Carrie Lam says business people whose activities are considered to be in the interest of Hong Kong's economic development would get priority. The chief executive says although it's not yet known what the daily quota for quarantine-free travel would be, officials will start contacting chambers, professional bodies and listed companies to come up with a list of people belonging to the priority group. Bureau heads will get in touch with people who were previously exempted from quarantine, meaning they had already been recognized by us that they have business needs to enter the mainland. When we have the quota, they will be given priority, she said. Mrs. Lam said the remaining quota would be allocated to people who have urgent needs to go to the mainland other than business reasons, but they would have to apply with the government first. She reiterated that Hong Kong must stay vigilant against imported COVID-19 cases, so the plan to reopen the border won't be affected. The CE added that the government would not rule out introducing the so-called vaccine passports, which would see only vaccinated people be allowed to visit certain venues. If we reach a stage that vaccine take-up needs to be drastically raised to protect the people of Hong Kong, especially the elderly, as well as the progress made in relation to the opening of the border that we've been working on for so long, the government will have to consider it. But we haven't gone to that stage yet, she said. 
零秒啦。Health officials have reported five imported COVID-19 cases, including a woman who'd been triple jabbed in the United States. The 28-year-old woman flew in from the U.S. on Sunday. She received three doses of the BioNTech vaccine in April, May, and November. She's asymptomatic, but tested positive as she arrived at Hong Kong. The other four cases involved travellers from Switzerland, Spain, Pakistan, and Nepal. The government says homeless people who don't have a smartphone will be exempted from mandatory use of Leave Home Safe if they have a certificate issued by an NGO. This was revealed by an official as she fleshed out how the new arrangement for mandatory use of the app will be rolled out on Thursday. Maggie Ho reports. Most people who go to restaurants, gyms, hotels, cinemas, and other regulated premises will be required to use the Leave Home Safe app starting on Thursday. Some specific groups, including those 65 or above, 15 or below, and the disabled are exempt. They can fill out paper forms. Some have raised concerns about the app requirement for those who are unlikely to have access to mobile phones, such as the homeless. The government says it's now planning to grant exemptions to this group, but only if they have a certificate issued by an NGO. Diane Wong, deputy director of food and environmental hygiene, says details are still being ironed out. The government has been following up with groups that provide services to this type of people, and will soon finalise the arrangement. We will then allow these groups to issue certificates as soon as possible, so these people can show the certificates when they enter the premises. Speaking on an RTHK program, Ms. Wong also said staff at regulated premises should use their common sense to figure out whether a patron is legitimately exempted from the app requirement on account of a disability. She noted that some disabilities, such as hearing impairment or some forms of intellectual disability, may not be obvious. If in doubt, the staff should call the police. She said. Four environmental groups have criticised the government for lacking a comprehensive roadmap to tackle single-use plastics. The groups jointly released a study showing that plastic packaging of products sold at supermarkets and convenience stores last year alone could be used to surround the, the earth twice. Greenpeace campaigner Leanne Tam told RTHK that current policies are lacking. There should be an investigation of all kinds of disposable plastic in the market, and then also their volume. Like the selling volume throughout the year, who sell it? They have to identify different parties, the dumping rate, the selling volume, and also the recycling rate of those products. And then we have a holistic plan or holistic picture of the situation in Hong Kong. And then they should have different policy to identify which one is the most emergent one, and then have a relative policy to tackle those problems. Beijing says a man who allegedly fled to the mainland after carrying out a violent crime in Taiwan will be sent back to the island. He reportedly confessed to shooting a man. Tom McLinden has details. Media in Taiwan say the man flew to the mainland on November the 22nd after the shooting in New Taipei City. Xinhua News Agency says he confessed to the shooting while being interrogated by police in Xiamen, Fujian Province. Beijing's Taiwan Affairs Office says the suspect will be repatriated to Taiwan as part of ongoing efforts to combat violent crime and maintain the order of cross-strait exchanges. Hong Kong man Chan Tong Kai has been wanted by police in Taiwan since he allegedly killed his girlfriend during a trip to Taipei in 2018. He was never sent back to the island to face justice, despite allegedly confessing to the crime. 
China has warned that the U.S. announcement of a diplomatic boycott of the win- Beijing Winter Olympics could harm two-way dialogue and cooperation in important areas and called for politics to be kept out of sports. Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian said the U.S. move to disrupt the Olympics was doomed to fail and would lead to a loss of America's moral authority and credibility. The United States should stop politicizing sport and interfering and damaging the Beijing Winter Olympics, or else it would harm the dialogue and cooperation between the two countries in a series of important areas and international matters. China's embassy in Washington earlier called the boycott a pretentious act and political manipulation that would have no impact on the success of the Games, which are now just two months away. The decision was announced by President Biden's spokesperson, Jen Psaki, early this morning. The Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. The athletes on Team USA have our full support. We will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. We will not be contributing to the fanfare of the Games. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. had consulted allies on a shared approach to the Beijing Games, but it's unclear if they would follow the American lead. Beijing has repeatedly denied allegations of human rights abuses in Xinjiang. China's imports grew at a stronger pace last month, pointing to stronger domestic demand of the world's number two economy. Imports surged nearly 32%, up from October's 20% rise, but export growth eased to 21% in November, from 27% the month before. Analysts believe the emergence of the Omicron variant could boost demand for Chinese goods, but the longer-term impact is still uncertain. The head of the World Health Organization's Europe region says that although it's right to be concerned about the Omicron coronavirus variant, the problem right now is the predominant Delta strain. With more details, here's the BBC's Naomi Grimley. WHO officials say the introduction of the Omicron variant to Europe has been widespread, but it is still too early to predict the speed and extent of its future spread. They want countries to concentrate on tackling the current Delta wave, which has seen deaths in the region double since September. The regional director, Hans Kluger, said mask wearing in Europe needed to improve dramatically. He said that compelling adults by law to get vaccinated should only be done when all other policy interventions had failed. A Bangladeshi junior minister has resigned after making derogatory comments about the granddaughter of the country's main opposition leader. Murad Hassan quit after his remarks during a talk show on social media drew widespread condemnation. The granddaughter of the former Prime Minister Khaled Azia lives in exile in London. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The chief executive says about 18,000 Hong Kong people living in the mainland have registered to vote in the upcoming LegCo elections. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong says Beijing is turning the spotlight on what he called US and Western hypocrisy. And the security secretary condemns plans by a former lawmaker to address a virtual summit hosted by President Biden later this week. The news from RTHK.
was written by John Phillips, the leader of the Mamas and the Papas, about the affair between his wife, Michelle, who was also a Mamas and Papas member, of course, and Denny Doherty, who was also in the band, which ultimately led to Michelle's unceremonious dismissal from the band and John and Michelle's divorce. You know that bit where you hear them sing, I saw her, and then it stops? It was actually a mistake. I was reading... Some years ago now, they were doing an interview about the post-production of the recording of the song, and he said that he punched in the vocal too early. But when they played it back, it just sounded great. The rest, as they say, is history. How are you doing? It's Tuesday night into our second hour here on RPHK3. Hey, girl, what you doing down there? Dancing alone every night while I live right above. ceiling if you want 